The Gospel Shaped Home Podcast is a family discipleship resource from Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina, that aims to equip you and your family to be on mission with God to the ends of the street and the ends of the earth. Welcome back to the Gospel Shaped Home Podcast, where we are continuing a series that we have been doing called Ask Anything, where we're taking questions that you all uh, as parents have uh, posed to us, and we're taking a few minutes each week to think about one of those questions. I'm here. My name is Daniel Savage, pastor of discipleship here at Providence. I'm being joined today by Jarek Oxendine and Scott Reiner. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Just give the the pause for effect. Um, so, uh, we're here today. We're talking about, um, something really important, but before we get into that, um, Jarek, what's the last place you went out to eat? Last place we went out to eat. Um, oh, Brittany and I tried this hibachi place in Briar Creek, uh, hibachi 101 or something like that, but it was like really, it was really quick. Our favorite. Would you recommend it? <laughs> so we were trying to find that's a something, lot of pressure yeah what that's uh, that's a lot of pressure we were trying to find something like tinko because uh, tinko is a really favorite spot of ours when we used to live closer falls and noose okay uh, but we were like what's a what's a t- place that's similar to tinko and i think that's the last place we've okay we went out to eat scale of one to ten five or six Ooh. yeah it's not great no it's offense great. to anyone who likes it Scott, what about you it's not our favorite what are you defining as out to eat like, yeah <laughs> he's got three kids he's like we don't go out to eat i don't know like and he's bought food somewhere okay what about well, even takeout well, i went to solo this morning does that count yeah that counts it wasn't like dinner or lunch did you eat something i ate something yeah. did you have the donuts no oh today. Uh, Bummer. You you can't get out of there without smelling like the donuts, though. I did hear a guy at a table near me be like, "These are the best donuts I've ever had," which I wouldn't agree with. But there you they are, go. They are you good. should go go try the donuts. They're really good. <laughs> okay. Well, what we're talking about today is Such a um, transition. <laughs> that's the transition right there. Yeah. I, I, I'm not in radio. You know, like I don't. Anyway, we should put a commercial on real quick or something. Anyway, so uh, the really difficult topic that we're talking about today uh, is dating. So that's a question that we got, thoughts on biblical dating. I actually don't know what the question was other than are, what is biblical dating or is dating biblical or I don't know. But, but we should title this Donuts and Dating. Donuts and Dating. <laughs> I like that. Donuts and you dating. should be in radio. Should you allow, should you allow your, your child, your teenager to be in a romantic relationship? Oof. Oof. Yeah, that is a good question. So first of all, I thought we should decide, not decide, define, we won't decide, but define <laughs> what, what is it that people are talking about when they say dating these days? Um, so thinking about that, if you, if you just think about a worldly perspective, what does the world mean when they say dating? They're, they're talking about a romantic relationship that would mirror or kind of mimic, I guess is a better word, that would mimic um, what we would consider marriage, right? So it would have all of the aspects of emotional connection. There is some growing physical aspect of the relationship, some growing commitment. There's exclusivity and, you know, it's just me and you are committed to one another. And um, I think, and you guys can challenge me on this because I'm just spitballing anecdotally what I think people think when they think dating. 
um, but at least when I was growing up and um, was thinking about dating and having friends that were dating, it's 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 seen as normal for time to pass and that commitment to increase. So we're, um, I think, especially as you get older, you know, late into high school and even college, is that this commitment is growing. The physical relationship continues to grow and progress. The emotional relationship is is growing and progressing. And therein, I think, lies the biggest flaw in the dating is that um, it it is leading somewhere that is ultimately not good. If it's going to continue to progress in those areas... Um, it's going to eventually lead you to places that you should not be if you're not married. Um, so it, it creates uh, a problem. I think it's often recreational. Um, yeah. In other words, there's no intention of marriage. It's just this is something that we're supposed to do. Um, this is fun. This is um, what, all, what everyone else is doing. It's how I find my identity. So those types of things. Um, and it's often done in isolation of others. So it's 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 highly individualized. So it's just me and the person I'm dating. We make all the decisions. No one else speaks into it. Um, it's just us and the world or against the world, I guess. So those are some of my thoughts about what dating is. Um, like in, from a cultural perspective, what would you guys add to that? What, what is dating uh, when, well, especially, you know, when a high schooler says I'm dating this person or a middle schooler, what, what are they saying? Yeah, I think it's tricky to respond, but I'll even like even thinking about the cultural climate within my own high school growing up like it was uh, I'll use the example of like a test drive for some people like it's like, you know what, we're going to try this and there's no end goal. There's no destination, but we're going to try this and see how it works. And if it doesn't, we're going to move on to the next uh, and that's very dangerous. Like that's where people would define it as like the hookup culture, like we'll hook up, but there's no you know, there might have some, some intentions behind it, uh, which, you know, can be sinful, but at the same time, like there's no real point of having it. And I think that's where dating can, uh, get a little sticky. And, uh, even when we think about, you know, biblical principles and how it even applies to dating, that's why people find it a little unclear, especially you not even find it in scripture. But at the same time, I think it, it really, uh, loses the value of what it looks like to have a relationship with another person or even like this, uh, idea of marriage, um, that we see defined, um, to where like, I like to use the example of a sticky note that, uh, sticky note has the adhesive on the back, but the if you stick it to something, pull it off, stick it to something, pull off, it's starting to lose its value, it's starting to lose its function. I feel like that's what dating is kind of causing when there is a wrong uh, interpretation of scripture uh, when it comes to like, man, this is something that has uh, we want to if people want to get to the goal of husband and wife, um, but yet. Uh, how the the world and culture has defined dating with hookup, test drive, et cetera. We're starting to lose a lot of value in what it looks like to have a relationship and intimacy that we find in the future with a husband and wife that, you know, we would encourage our students to be uh, aiming for. Yeah. So maybe another way of saying that, like it, you begin to probably, you probably develop some habits that are not good. Yep. You probably are developing some scarring. Um, you know, from hurt and pain from kind of connecting and then, you know, separating over and over again. Yep. Um, that's good. Any other thoughts? You said specifically culturally. Yeah. I'm thinking like, what does the culture mean when they, when they say dating and, and, you know, therefore what do our 
kids probably mean when yeah. they talk about dating. I mean, I, I just think of this idea of personal satisfaction. Like there's, it's, you think of, I'm, I'm distinguishing, you know, dating and marriage, you know, commitment versus covenant, um, which I don't know if you'll take us down those roads at all. But when you think about dating, it's really, it's about yourself. Like it's personal satisfaction. This is making me feel better for whatever reason, whether it's yeah. because of a physical sexual thing or just identity. And there's just a personal satisfaction that even in dating, there's this idea. We talked about this last week with kind of modesty. There's an expressive individualism, which is this kind of big idea in our culture of it's really just about you. And so we use our dating partner to express ourselves more and our own satisfaction. That's good. Um, okay. So when, uh, this is my next question. When should we start talking to our kids about dating? When they're two years old. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you for giving me a concrete answer. <laughs> no, I just, I'm thinking just in terms of, you know, you know, Daniel, your wisdom of just all of parenting is training them for what's next. And so even at a really young age, as we talk about, you know, catechizing our kids to God made us and God made all things. And why did God make all things for his glory? Like these big picture rocks of theology that we literally as a church and are encouraging our parents to do when our kids are too, like they're going to have implications as we're teaching our kids to think about the fact that God has created boys and girls and men and women differently. And there's a reason for that. And they're both for his glory. And so I think all these things like, yeah, that's why I say that. That's good. I think there's wisdom, like, uh, especially biologically, um, to think about, like, getting ahead of the curve when they start having desires for the opposite sex. And I think that's one of the areas that I feel like, you know, when their friends are starting to talk about it, when they're listening to music or they see it in TV shows, m- movies, et cetera, I feel like uh, once you start to see some of those inclinations, like, um, or I think this girl, like, at school is really cute. I think those are kind of signs to start having that before they actually jump into like you, we and I have talked about before, like, Hey, I'm dating so-and-so. Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> excuse what? me. Yeah. You and know I, that is? Yeah. And so I feel like those are, um, you know, the seasons of life. Um, Abby Grace and I, I don't know if we'll talk about dating at two, but when it gets to elementary middle school, when, uh, culturally, I feel like that's where it starts to, uh, kind of, um, having, having those conversations, et cetera, um, situations, I feel like beating that curve. Um, but I think like you said, Scott, before, like how we can still teach the Imago Dei and how we can still teach about purity, different things like that ahead of time, which would then, uh, give like a stepping stone to this idea of dating that needs to be discussed before it's defined by the world. That's good. Just for clarity, when my kids are two, I wasn't encouraging them hey one day you're gonna meet a girl (laughs) this is what it looks like and you take her on dates and you hold her like i was i I didn't do that with any of my kids you're laying the foundation (laughs) you're laying the foundation all my kids are past two now and i didn't do that with any of them well i mean to just agree with both of you and um add to it just a little bit i i think as early as possible it would be my answer um that we would uh, start start those conversations early, like Jerrica's talking about before the curve. Um, you want to be talking about dating before dating is on the table, yeah. so that you can begin to speak into what that will look like before it's an emotion, before it's uh, surrounded by peer pressure, before it's um, 
already kind of surrounded by the trappings of kind of this worldly perception of what it is, you want to begin to lay the foundation and set the stage early um, to kind of shape what what is dating? How should I think about it? Um, this is, Maybe this is a little bit of a trick question, but um, do you think dating is biblical? No, <laughs> I don't. Okay. <laughs> well, okay. So why? What, what, what makes you say that? How you define it. Yeah. And I, I think they define it. But like when you look at scripture, I think there's two relationships that you see brothers and sisters in Christ and then husband and wife. Like, I think those are clear when it comes to opposite sex. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the in between is where we're trying to like define put dating. Mm-hmm. Um, but like you have to recognize like, um, especially uh, again, Christian perspective is that, you know, we should, uh, even before we start dating, we should have uh, that mindset that this is a sister in Christ, mm-hmm. uh, that there's no physical intimacy, anything until we get to husband and wife. And so, but there's a lot of principles in preparing for, uh, uh, being a husband and wife that we can start teaching and, and building within the framework of how our, our kids think about dating. Uh, and so I think there's principles, but then this idea, I, I think we just clearly see those two relationships, um, and how we relate to the opposite gender, um, that are, that to me is what's clear, but let's get to dating and, and how it's, you know, we can think of principles to help, uh, you know, have uh, a framework to those both both relationships that we see in scripture. So that's, that's okay. What. No, so so to give it a little <laughs> nuance. Yeah. Um, so if if we're talking about what the world says is dating, then no, it's probably not biblical in any way. You know, because as we've talked about, you know the the selfishness of it. You know, kind of it's all about me. It's my satisfaction. It's about what makes me happy. That's that's not biblical. Uh, the idea that we're pursuing um, physical pleasure and intimacy with someone we're not married to yet, that that's not biblical. You know, so there's all these aspects to it that are obviously not biblical. And so as we think about pursuing marriage, which is ultimately what it would be about, um, you know, the, the idea of if, if there is a biblical form of dating, it's, it's developing a relationship with someone with the intent to pursue marriage, yeah. right? So, okay. Yeah. So then what would be the parameters around that? Well, I thought of, uh, I've got a few principles here I'm going to lay out and then we can kind of kick those around a little bit. So uh, three things I think should govern our relationships. And these would be things that I think we should talk about our kids with as early and as often as possible. So one is that purity is a must. Uh, so Jarek is talking about First uh, Timothy 5, one and two, treat younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Mm-hmm. First Thessalonians four, uh, three through six, it's God's will that you should be sanctified, that you should avoid sexual immorality, that each of you should learn to control his own body in a way that is holy and honorable, not in passionate lust like the heathen who do not know God. And that in this matter, no one should wrong his brother or take advantage of him. The Lord will punish men for all such sins. So there's that uh, neighbor love idea there that I'm going to love my brother or sister in Christ in such a way that I honor them and pursue purity with them. So purity is a must. That's the first thing. Second thing, selfishness is not an option. You know, we've talked about Philippians 2, uh, do not be 
Uh, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Well, that fundamentally changes how I think about my relationship with anyone, whether it be someone of the same agenda or, or opposite. Um, so selfishness is not an option, which means that dating can't be recreational. It can't be something that I'm doing just for fun uh, because that's self centered, you know, that's, that's a self-centered motivation. I'm doing it for me. It kind of rules it out. Um, and it means that, that marriage must be the goal. So in other words, I'm, I'm, I'm pursuing this relationship with the intent of having a meaningful commitment that would, that would result in a marriage, which I think, uh, and I'll let you guys speak into this, I think has huge implications for, for what stage of life you can be in and pursue a relationship like this in any sort of biblical way. So what are your thoughts on how old should someone be before they start dating? <laughs> See that? Yeah. Before we even get to that, like... Older than two. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think going back to your selfishness, because I feel like even for us, like within the church, we, even when we talk about this idea of dating, like it's also valuable to talk about this idea of singleness, right? Like it's, it's first starting, you talked about purity, but it's also like, and this is where teenagers get really frustrating, especially when they start having these feelings and they don't really know how to discern these feelings. But Matthew thirteen forty four says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field, which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has to buy that. Uh, field and so our relationship with Jesus should be the deepest treasure and center of our life, which gives contentment uh, in our hearts. And I think that's something that we typically skip over, even when we think about dating, because a lot of times it's peer pressure and you said like temptation and even doubting the goodness of God. Like, why can I experience this now before I'm even married? I think that's where a lot of confusion comes in. Versus, you don't see how we our hearts should be content in Christ. So even when you get like 30 years old and you're still single, like this truth has to still be, uh, like anchoring you. Yeah, uh, and so I feel like once we start there, uh, then we can start to help our kids to think about dating as something like, okay, this has to be the foundation before you think another person is going to be the, the ultimate satisfaction. Because even when that becomes marriage, you see that, um, you know, that crumbles when that other person becomes that. So like, yeah. And there's like, you so Jarek, are you saying <laughs> that one of the main motivations for our kids to pursue dating is that they're looking for fulfillment? One, what that our students look for? Yeah. Yeah. They're wanting to be fulfilled. Okay. That's good. So that's really good heart insight for parents to know that when my kid is wanting to date, ultimately what they're wanting yeah. is fulfillment. Yeah. And so it, from a discipleship perspective, that arms us with an understanding of the heart to say, okay, I know what my kid is wanting. So I've got to show them or help them as much as I can to see that fulfillment is not going to come in that relationship. Fulfillment is going to come in, in their relationship with Christ. Um, and again, it's one of those things that, um, I think the earlier you can start having that conversation, the better. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that's good. Any, 
Jerry, what you said was great. I loved that. I wrote it down. Um, but I'm thinking about it. Like you talk about what is the age? Like it, basically what you said, it sounds like you can tell me if this is right or wrong. Like it's not about physical maturity. It's about spiritual maturity. Yeah. And for, I remember my mom, I mean, I was in my early twenties and she was like, when I finally started dating now my wife, Mary, like she was like, I just realized you were finally at the point where you were ready to like date. And I was like, well, thanks mom. And also it was like, she didn't think I was ready three years before that Yeah, for whatever reason. And yeah. like, I mean, so there's a, I think an element of that where like, there's not an age you need to hit, but there's a, I mean, there may be an age depending, but like you need to be spiritually mature enough to find your fulfillment in Christ. Yeah. And or before you can think about the other things, so that's a huge part of it. Yeah. And I think you get that before you get the practical. And I know there's parents who are different in, I might let my son and daughter date in high school versus, you know, like there's a potential step. Like I think you can talk about more of like, Hey, there's not even a way that there's no way that you're going to get married anytime soon. And so like how many years you want to be dating is like another factor that, um, you start to consider, like, are you even close to becoming married? Um, you know, financially, all these different things that you think of practical, um, that I feel like you then get to, but you first got to start with that spiritual um, heartbeat and motive. Okay. So Jarek, since you're the student pastor, <laughs> I, it, you know, I'm thinking about all the parents listening to this who have a 15 to 18 year old who at this point in their life have very little desire for a spiritual life or a relationship with Jesus. It, they, maybe they come to church Maybe they resist that even, and they're wanting to date. What What do I do as a parent? Yeah, I feel like this is where um, uh, you become the hated parent, which I know is really scary. Um, there's like this authority that you need to respond because what you're ultimately doing is protecting them. Mm-hmm. Like when we think about long-term and the cost of what they can experience and the scars that we mentioned already of what they can experience, what you're doing is protecting them in a way um, that you hope that the Lord would open their eyes and uh, rescue them uh, and change their heart to give them godly desires. But uh, initially what you're also doing is um, like we've said, this idea of protecting um, so that they would understand what the Lord has designed. And I've said this before there's a way that seems right to man and leads to death, but there's a way that God has made known to us this path of life that leads for to pleasures forevermore. Mm-hmm. And that's what I think in any aspect of life, that's what we have to come to as a parent. Like, and it's, it's hard. And I feel like it'll be a very difficult conversations and, um, and it, the parents will even feel hurt, mm-hmm. but in the long run, it'll be more, it, it'll be, um, healthier, mm-hmm. um, for these, um, students. So one role of a parent is to set boundaries for protection. Yeah. Right. So um, it's one of the ways that we love our kids is by setting boundaries. And those boundaries look different at different ages um, and they're rarely appreciated, um, but they do bear good fruit and can be the grace of God in our kids' lives. Um, So, um, no one gave me an official age, so you can email Jarek and ask him, what's the official age my kid can start dating? That's a good um, idea. 
But so uh, to give you my, I said I had three things. I have only given you two. Purity is a must. Selfishness is not an option. The last one is that if if we're going to do this according to biblical wisdom, it must be pursued under the counsel and authority of others. And this this is probably the most countercultural idea. Um, but the idea that you would not enter into a quote unquote dating relationship and it's just the two of you where we make all the decisions and it's based on how we feel and we're kind of the ultimate authority that you would pursue a relationship like that with the counsel of your parents or with the counsel of, you know, if once you're leaving the house and you're in college or you're in your twenties or whatever, uh, that you would be seeking spiritual advisors to help you. I think that's biblical wisdom. Proverbs fifteen twenty two plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Uh, the idea that we should go off on our own and pursue a serious relationship that might lead to marriage without anybody else's input is not biblical. Um, it's very cultural, but it's not biblical. And so uh, we don't have a time to talk about that one. Um, but again, it's one of those that it's so countercultural that I think you're going to have to start talking to your kids about it early and often. Um, if there's any chance that they're going to allow someone to speak into their relationships as they get older and they need it. So those are our thoughts. Um, we couldn't be exhaustive because that's a big topic, but uh, hopefully those are a few categories for you to think about uh, when it comes to your kids and dating. So thanks for joining us this week on the Gospel Shaped Home podcast. Join us next week as we continue to think through some of these questions. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Gospel Shaped Home podcast produced by Providence Church in Raleigh, North Carolina. For more information and resources from Providence, visit us online at pray.org. If you enjoyed today's episode, please consider subscribing and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts.